for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. I did survive the winter storm. I, I've been kind of MIA the last few days, but just trying to recoup from everything last week. That was an interesting adventure. We do have power. We do have one running water, finally. It only took them a week, but, you know, it is what it is. So... I'm feeling much better, and now we are back at it with the podcast, and we have a very special guest. We have SMA. How's it going today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really, usually when it comes to crunch time and I got to pronounce it live on the air, I will fumble right through it, but I got through it. I pronounced SMA correctly. I am so proud of myself right now. Yeah, you did it. You nailed it. But uh, first off, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. I'm really excited to sit down and chat with you a little bit and just get a feel for who you are, what got you into music and talk about some, some of your new songs that you got coming out. So, um, but before we jump into all that, for the people that are just getting introduced to you and that are just uh, uh, like my listeners that are just learning about you, what's your origin story? What got you into music? You know, all that fun stuff. So I, you know, I'm just going to close my window real quick just because okay. there's like a crying baby outside. Hold on. Okay, not a problem. Not a problem. Okay. Hold on. You're <laughs> good. Guys. You guys, that's called apartment, apartment living. Yeah. Okay. Um, so music, how I got started in music. Um, you know, I played piano since I was a kid, since I was six. Mm-hmm. And um, I had lessons. I was self-taught both, you know, mm-hmm. lessons. My aunt taught me, she's a classical pianist and I always wrote lyrics and I've always painted and I always wanted to be a singer, but I, it just, I didn't sound great when I tried to sing. And I, I think, you know, it was just one of those things that I was kind of directed that I couldn't sing. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of absorbed the fact that I didn't. And then once I moved to Los Angeles, when I was 20 years old, I started going out to a lot of live music, blues, yeah. jazz, I'm like, I don't know. I think I can sing. I think I can sing. And so I started singing. I started voice lessons to tune my vocals because I was not in tune. And then I just started writing music. It all just happened really. Once I was able to use my vocal and it didn't sound, you know, it sounded proper to me, then I started writing music. Gotcha. Uh, Who introduced you to piano originally? Um, You know, my, my parents. We had a piano in the home that uh, one of her, her childhood piano and I would always play on it. I'd always play. So, and naturally I would just go to it. So then they got me lessons because I would naturally go there. You yeah. know? Yeah. I think, I think that's how, how a lot of musicians learn is the parents will have something in the home that they just gravitate towards. And, you know, it just kind of goes from there. Yeah. Uh, who are some of your influences as you were starting to learn how to play piano and like going through the whole, process of discovering who you were musically like was- I think once I started singing then it was like oh I can make music even though I wrote 
music on the piano when I was a kid. It was usually inspired classically. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I started singing, it was inspired by, um, you know, classic, I mean, for me specifically, Sarah McLachlan, uh, Jefferson Airplane, mm. um, what's, you know, like uh, Grace Slick, yeah. uh, Florence and the Machine, Florence Welch, mm -hmm. um, who else? Natalie Merchant, yeah. Fiona Apple. Um, I'm trying to think, yeah, just like kind of your classic singer, songwriter type women. So this is a question I usually reserve for our radio show that we do every Saturday night on 93.7. Yeah. Shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> Here it is. But uh, do you remember the first song you ever wrote? Yes, I do. It, what, what was it about? I and mean, what, what was kind of? It's actually, I recorded it too. Okay. It was the first song, it was called Meant to Be. Okay. And... In Red Lips, she speaks to me. She says in Purple Haze, the stars are meant to be. I'm bleeding and screaming. Oh, I'm singing. Nice. The stars are meant to be. It was me discovering that I could sing. That was the first song I ever wrote. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. How, how much did it change from when you originally wrote it to once you actually got it in the record? Um, it evolved. It went from, it didn't actually change too much because I think I recorded like maybe two to three years later after okay. I'd written it. Mm -hmm. But the evolution, it was more of a big, it's actually, I think it's on Spotify. It's older. Like I don't sound anything like that anymore. But um, you know what? I don't know if it changed. It just grew. Like that song really, when we, we produced it, it basically reminded me exactly how it felt when I wrote it. It was one of those songs. Yeah, I feel you. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Um, and then just, so you're not originally from Los Angeles. Where are you originally from? San Diego. San Diego. Okay. So not that far of a. No. Uh, yeah. Vista, California, like an hour and a half, yeah. hour and a half south of here. You know, I've often thought about if I were to leave, if I were to move again, San Diego is one of the places that I want to be just because it's like. I'm on the water. I like being near water, but I'm far enough away from LA where I don't have to deal, deal with LA. Yeah. It's a yeah. smart move. <laughs> so, but, um, I, so you've been in, you moved in, moved to LA when you said you were 20. Yeah. I've been here 15 years. Okay. How do you, yeah. how, how does it compare? Like, I guess there isn't really a comparison, but how does it compare? To it is so unbelievably different because yeah. I'm born and raised in San Diego Vista, which is like a small country town right inside from the beach, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, the pace, the hustle. I mean, Los Angeles is a cluster of continuous content, creativity, people running around town, people working three to four jobs everybody's coming for the dream, you know, yeah. in sunshine all the year round, you know, yeah. San Diego is like, we're living the good life. It's perfect yeah. down here. Don't yeah. mess with my vibe. Yeah. Let's have a good time. Yeah, absolutely. It's chill. It's yeah. really chill. Actually out of college, I tried so hard to move to San Diego. I was trying to get a job with the, uh, at the time I was doing a sports production. I was trying to get a job with the Padres and just, didn't happen i was just like yeah and i ended up in new mexico and now i'm in texas so it's just kind of like whatever i like new mexico yeah it's beautiful roswell is where i was at so 
No, interesting. There's yeah. a lot of stuff going on out there. <laughs> yeah, there really is. There really is. But I basically moved there because people dared me I wouldn't. And I'm like, oh, oh you, you want to make me do something faster? Okay, dare me I won't. So, exactly. You know how it goes. But so you've been in uh, LA now 15 years. Would you say that you're, how much, I mean, obviously over the course of 15 year, years, your music's going to change, yes. but how much do you feel it's changed since you left San Diego? Oh, I mean, completely. Like, okay. I, I think when I first started writing music, it was very, there's a lot um, more, it was like a little bit darker. Mm hmm you know, of melodies. And even though I still have that and, and, and certain times this kind of has a darker melody and that, but that's like four years old. Mm -hmm. Who I am now is a lot lighter. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of want more um, rhythmic as I go start to go back out there because of COVID everything has yeah. just been shut down. Once yeah. I start digging again, I want things to be a little bit more neo soul, like funk mm -hmm. rock yeah. versus where I was, which was like, rock basically like singer songwriter rock you know yeah so kind of wanna, i want to pick it up a bit yeah give it a little bit more of a groove yeah i want to 100 i want to move the whole time i'm on stage nice that sounds that sounds awesome um so you brought up covid i usually i don't like bringing up covid i've been trying so diligently for every podcast not to bring it up but yeah you know it, it's one of those things where it's like it's so ingrained into what's going on these days that it's like impossible. But how have you kind of been dealing with the whole COVID scenario? How, how have you been keeping your creative juices flowing? You know, I know you do uh, a lot of things outside of music. You also do art and uh, a lot of other stuff, but how have you kind of been uh, dealing with your creative process during? Same, exactly. Lots of painting. There's yeah. a painting right there lots of art i my house my apartment is getting i'm getting swallowed by art and I actually started selling some art too which was great so I've just been painting a lot i've been writing a lot of poetry um i haven't really been writing anything new uh song song wise i've been yeah. kind of a dry spell but that's okay so i'm just using other outlets for the mm -hmm. time being uh, i've been jamming a little bit here and there trying to be as safe as possible i sang last night at a underground kind of thing that was outdoors and pretty yeah. distance and safe sing some jazz so you know there's that i've been watching all these good movies you yeah. know and hiking meditating yoga i mean i keep myself busy i start working out with a personal trainer running my business i mean i definitely stay busy like yeah. i don't even know what bored is it's actually kind of the my issues i need to stop yeah right yeah. so I've, I've been talking to a couple of friends that have been telling me the same thing like yo you need to chill before yeah. you just go into a full-on meltdown <laughs> you need to take a breath because they'll catch me at like the wrong time or something and i'll just like not even snap but just kind of have that violent turn like <laughs> a violent turn yeah just like they'll, they'll be talking to me and i'll just be like what you know and just do yeah. one of those numbers yeah. and it's like yo you need to relax buddy yeah relax it's well, that's where the water comes in see if you're like i spend a lot of time at the beach when it's spring and summer i went this week yeah well you know the most i'm relaxed I mean, once this changes and i'm glad things are slower because I yeah i got you no, actually, I, 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 oh sorry you, you were kind of breaking up a little bit um 
but no, actually the most I'm relaxed is my parents live in Florida and right now they're down in the Florida Keys. And so whenever I go visit them, that's like when I'm the most chill is in the yeah. Keys. It's the so, water. It's the water. Yep, it really is. But um, Beach life best. Yeah, it, it is. I enjoy it. Um, but you released a new single towards the end of uh, 2020. Um, mm -hmm. What was the name of the single? Like, it was, well, the name of the single was Uncertain Times. But um, what, what's, what was kind of the story behind the single? So Uncertain Times was recorded four years ago. Mm -hmm. And I just had it in my arsenal. And I never released it. And I worked, I wrote, wrote it, performed on it, and worked on it with uh, Cali Cleave Music. Mm -hmm. um, he's an engineer, his name's Ian Finley. He's um, an engineer out here, basic, mainly in like hip hop rap mm -hmm. realm. And we, I was set up through a client to work with him and his writing partner, Brandon. And mm -hmm. we in the spot, they started a beat, they started tracking that. I didn't play on this, I normally do play, but I was just in there as a singer. And then we wrote the song, I got in the vocal booth and I wrote the song in the spot on certain times. And it's that nice, like repetitive, looped chord progression that yeah. kind of builds in this way. And it was at the time when a lot was uncertain four years ago. And then interesting enough, I never released it. And here we are in lockdown and I had some life circumstances. I haven't recorded my record yet. I was like, I need to release something. Well, yeah. I have the song and it's perfect timing because everything's so uncertain. Yeah. So yeah, we tracked it in like two go, like one go. Everything was freestyled basically. Like nice. I wrote the song on the spot. Why do you think you didn't release it four years ago when you recorded it? You know, I don't know. I, I was too busy. I run a business. I was very busy. Like I'm trying to take my business from here, bring it here. I'm in the beauty industry. Mm -hmm. So that way I have room for music and art more. Mm -hmm. It's balanced, but at that time I was slammed. I was so busy with my job, with my my, my own job. It's my yeah. own business, you know? And you know, you have to be able to slow down to show your work. Yeah. Like you can make it, but in order to show it and to get it out, that takes focus, mm -hmm. you know, doing a podcast. It's all execution, yeah. editing, promotion. I didn't have the energy to do that. So I just never released it. And then the world got slow I was slower, more present. And I was like, oh, I have the time now. I can put something out. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I mean, that's, it, you, it's weird to uh, find positives in such a negative situation, but it's all perspective, like, uh, like how you look at things. And just being able to slow down and just kind of reevaluate what you're doing. Like, I mean, I, and I mean, slow down, not completely stop. I've seen a lot of musicians just completely stop. And it's like, that that's not doing you any good either, other than maybe your mental health. But, you know, it's... You got to do something. You have to stop and adjust and still find a way to create something. Yeah. You know, but everybody's process is very different. You know, like I, I stopped completely in 2019 because mm -hmm. I was sick and I yeah. couldn't move and I couldn't work and I couldn't make music and I couldn't do anything so I know what it's like for the world to go at a complete stop for someone and it's kind of shocking yeah. you know but at some point you got to slowly kind of get back into the groove yeah absolutely. which is kind of symbolic right yeah absolutely uh, so 
2020, towards the tail end, you released this song and you kind of been sitting on it for four years. Are you starting to get back to that point where you're writing again or like what's kind of the plan moving forward? No, I'm not writing yet. I started, actually I did start writing uh, some stuff the other day, but mm -hmm. it didn't hit the same. I'm at the point now I'm, in, I'm talking to teams of production because it's yeah. time to make the record that I've had. I have like eight songs that I know I want to record. Mm -hmm. At least half of them have to be recorded. Yeah. And so before it's like I can write this new stuff, I need to record and honor the songs I have that yeah. I've been playing out for years mm -hmm. that I love and people love. Yeah. It's like an honoring them kind of a thing. So yeah. I think once that happens, then it's going to be a new shift in writing tons of new stuff. Yeah. I just need the team. I need the right production team. I haven't been able to find the right production team. Yeah. yeah. See, I have the exact opposite issue. Yeah. Where I've always got a new idea for something that I never finish the previous idea. Like I'll get it to a point and then it's like six, nine months down the road. It's like, oh, whatever happened to that? Right. It's still sitting over here because I'm a one man band and I just run a million miles an hour. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I so I think- that's why I paint so much. Yeah. Because it halts that for me to, it, I'm halted over here and then I'm creating new over here. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, it's interesting. It keeps me going, but it's a different medium. So I don't get bored. And also, so I stay interested. Yeah, I got you. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's kind of why I was drawn to podcasting so much because it's like, I can move a million miles an hour and feel like, like, cause it, the way I look at it is podcasting is very much a real time thing. So if let's say we sit here and chat for 45 minutes, that's 45 minutes. The interview's done, maybe another 20 minutes to export, upload, you know, all that fun stuff and boom, I got new content out. I'm happy. Whereas if we go back to doing like live videos and all that fun stuff, it's like, okay, well, it takes us four hours to record and it takes another two hours to edit for a three minute video. It, my brain just can't process that, you know? Totally. It's a lot easier to do it in the fashion that you're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's more enjoyable because then you can finish it and then you can move on. Yeah. It feels good to complete things. Yeah, absolutely. And it, like it, my ADD, my OCD, you know, like whatever undiagnosed stuff I've got going on, it's happy. Exactly. So that I, I completely get it. So as far as your creative process goes, when it comes down to when you get ready to write the next batch of music, what is kind of your creative process? Um, usually hearing some kind of hook. I usually start with chorus. Okay. Even if I try not to start with the chorus, I typically am always starting with the hook. Okay. So it'll usually hit me, I'll hear it in my head, I'll start playing on the keys, and then all of a sudden I got the chorus. Then once I got the, the meat of the song, then I usually go to verse, and then and then I shuffle in if there's a bridge or any of that. So, but it's piano, vocal, and typically I just hear it. It's <laughs> it's usually an emotional kind of thing. Yeah. Like it's like I'm, it's like a cathartic thing. I'm trying to work something out. Yeah. I work it out into song. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, are you more free flowing with your writing? Like, are you, can you be up at like 2am? Like, Oh, 
red kangaroos that's a song you know like whatever it is or are you do you find yourself having to be more disciplined like okay from seven to nine that's what i have available like what's kind of your style as far as writing i'm totally free flow okay like i'll write songs in my sleep and i'll wake up and i'll jot them into my phone or record the hook and then like i'll be out and about and go oh here it is it's usually when i'm in motion okay and then it hits but then i have to give the time to sit down and for it to happen yeah usually by the time i get to the piano it'll just present itself it'll unravel and it's usually some kind of theme that's been stirring within me for a while like a week or so of just trying to understand how i feel about something or how other people feel about something or, and then, and then it hits me. It's like a message. Like I'm getting yeah. a message. Something's being downloaded into my creative bank, you know, yeah. from like yeah. above. It's like all this information comes down. I'm like, okay, that's it. Yeah. And it turns into a song. Yeah. I, I'm so glad that you like actually have the ability to just be go be going and then still remember what it is the idea was. Cause I have the issue of, I'll be driving or something and it's like, oh, great idea. I won't write it down. I won't do anything. And then an hour later, it's like, oh, what was that idea? And so like now I've had to start getting myself into the habit of like uh, my uh, engineering partner, uh, co-producer uh, um, co on Live and Amplified. I'll just send him random text messages that say, yeah, like just random words. So that way, the next time we talk, he's like, "Yo, what were you talking about here? I have no clue." And it's <laughs> like, "Oh, yes, this is the idea." And so, yes. it, it's so funny. Yeah. The voicemail note thing is the best thing. It's like blah 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 blah. You know, yeah. and you yeah, have it, it in there. It is. It really is. And, you know, it's one of the like I haven't gotten to the voice memo thing because all my voice memos are just like untitled memo seven, you know, 78 and whatnot. And it's just like, uh, yeah, I You're can't like, get it. You don't know what any of them are. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what any of them are. It's just kind of like, okay, whatever. And now I'll go back looking for ideas and it's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so now that the song, um, now that you kind of got the song out and it's been out for, Oh, was it? It came out in October, right? Mm, right. November, end of November. Well, I posted it. It went into the queue in October, but I didn't post it till November. Okay, so uncertain times. Because I was sitting here, I was like, uncertain times. It says on Spotify, end of October, but yeah, yeah I got you. So now that it's been out for almost ninety days, what what's kind of the feeling that it's been out in the world? Oh, what's I going mean, through? I've only gotten positive impact from it people are like i can't stop listening to it i have it on repeat i really res we've been going through so much as a collective and a country and just everything in the world and people are like ah this i really like the way i feel when i listen to songs so that's good i actually listened to it a lot even though it was four years old when i released it i was listening to it nonstop. and um but I, yeah it's only been positive feedback really Gotcha. Have you thought about uh, doing like a music video or doing a visual element for it? I mean, I have, I think because of everything going on and I think I'm ready. I mean, I might still make a video for it, but right now I'm really focused on making the current songs. Okay. I think it's time. A video for uncertain times could literally be all of our experience the last 
couple years. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I don't know if I need a video, like, cause I think we all have our own for that song, but yeah. the songs I'm gonna make, I'm gonna wanna do all that. Yeah. So gotcha. yeah, certain times was just a nice little golden like egg that I had that I was like, you know, I'm gonna, it's gonna be a challenge for me to go ahead and share. Cause it's hard for me to share my stuff for mm -hmm. whatever reason. Um, and it was an exercise for me to put it out. And then now that I'm putting it out and I'm starting to get it more on stage and I'm starting to, you know, take my hands out there and figure out who, who I'm going to work with to mm -hmm. make and then I'll have new stuff. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, when there isn't a global pandemic going on, how often do you, you usually go out and do uh, live shows? Well, before with running a business, it was like maybe once a month, twice mm -hmm. a Okay. Um, we'll see what happens because I'm, like I said, I'm taking my business from here and I'm moving it to here. Okay. So hopefully I'll be playing every week. Um, and it can be my songs and it can be stepping up and jamming with other people. I just want to be on stage. I love being on stage. It's my favorite place in the entire world. Mm -hmm. um, in any capacity. I love to entertain. I like to host. I like to sing. I like to play. Um, it's a great place to be. And, you know, yeah. it's, and you know what's great about it, just like you were saying with the podcast and this, it's in live time. Yeah. And I think that everything that we do as performing artists or audio people or visual, you know, when it comes into live time, those are our favorite things. Because yeah. it's the interaction with other people, it's in the moment, it's yep. the freedom of being live. And yeah. that's what I want more of in my life, more yeah. live. Absolutely. Since we're kind of on the topic, have you, during the pandemic, have you experimented with like the, uh, doing the virtual live shows? Has that been something I've, you've I've been a guest a few times on mm -hmm. some different ones. I've been yeah. doing lots of podcasts, mm -hmm. interviews. I've been doing, I've, I've sung on a few of them. I've done a couple different streams. They've all been really positive mm -hmm. um, and a good time, cathartic. Yeah. I just, as far as like online streaming and all that, I just did one like on Valentine's Day for a friend's yeah. studio. It was cool because it was like all the musicians were there and we were in the studio. So it was like, we got to all see each other even though we were in masks, we yeah. didn't see each other in like two years. And um, so that was like the closest thing to a show. I enjoy it, but for me, I'm such a live person that mm -hmm. it's hard for me to fully get into the stream. I was gonna bring that up because I was listening to one of your live videos that you have up on YouTube. And I think, Shortly after I listened to that, I listened to the same, I can't remember what song I was listening to, but I listened to the same one on Spotify and you just seemed more into it yeah. on the live video. Like you were just there, you were present, you were feeding off the crowd or the whatever was there. And it was just like, you know, and some musicians are like that. It's really cool. Like you go to their live show and they're just a live performing band, like you're you know that's where they thrive i mean dave matthews band right it's like i've seen them so many times it's like i love their recordings i do that's what brought me to their shows but once yeah. you go to their show you're like well, i gotta come back yeah this is an experience you know and it's one of those things where it's like sometimes you just want bands to release live albums yeah so no exactly. i completely I completely get it. You know, because that that's always kind of the weird thing about the virtual shows is, yeah, they were like very popular at the beginning of the pandemic. But then you started realizing that the musicians, they're, they're giving their all the best they can. But 
there's something missing. Like there's that energy yeah. that you feel at a show. That you can, yeah. I, you know, I sang last night. I got lucky enough to get on stage last night. Place was packed, social mm. distance outside. Yeah. And it just, I was able to like flip the room, flip the outdoor venue and it felt fucking, excuse my, it felt incredible. Go for and it. Just say whatever, say whatever you're feeling. Go for fucking, it. It felt fucking amazing. Nice. Like, and, and there's something that happens in live where then you can freestyle, you can crack jokes, mm -hmm. you can, you know, there's all these different elements you can pull from because you're live in front of an audience and yeah. everybody's with you in this really cool journey and time stops when you're on stage. It's yeah. like you're in this vortex together and you're not, you can feel the whole, I, I'm empathic too. So I feel like the whole room, it just feels so good. And everybody's like, it, it was just such a blast. I, yeah. I texted some of my performing friends today, comics and singers today. And I was like, God, man, it just doesn't get better than the stage, you know? Yeah. And they're like, you just can't yeah. stop with the live audience. It just yeah. doesn't get better. Yeah. You know, it's one thing I really appreciate about a live show is when the audience is really into it. The bands, like everybody's just very in sync with each other. And then they'll be performing and out of nowhere, they'll be like, you know what? Screw it. You remember the song that we were screwing around with the other day? And they'll just like randomly break out a song that they're in the middle of writing or whatever, just because the vibe is right there. You know, it's just, it's one of those things where when it's clicking, it's clicking. But then again, you'll get into situations where if it's not clicking and it's, yeah. So I, I've seen magic. both. Yeah. It is magic. If you have the right people, it just sets on fire. It, yeah. it, you know what? It'll take you, it'll take you where it's supposed to go. And as a singer mm -hmm. and playing with different musicians, you know, when I'm not necessarily playing and I'm just being a vocalist, yeah. it is really nice when I'm in the presence of really good players mm -hmm. who are really free. And like, cause then I can like lean into them Anything can sound good if I'm with good players. Yeah, absolutely. Who's um? So when you uh, do your show, are do you kind of swap between doing like the solo stuff on the piano and then with a band, or do you have a which one do you usually prefer? Or it depends. It depends on the gig. Sometimes it'll just be me and vocal, me and piano. You know, stripped down acoustic. Yeah. Other times it'll be like me, piano, violin, guitar, or cajon, and do like more of the acoustic sounds. Yeah. And then I've done full band shows with like seven of us on stage. Oh, having, wow. I I was before 2019. I was having an MC come up with me. I love MCs. Mm -hmm. uh, I like bringing in a hip hop element to um, soul. You know, yeah. and uh, it's I love having guest people. Yeah. Like I like bringing people up so they can shine because yeah. it drives the music. It's also great for the crowd, and it just. Cause it's like, how much can this really be about me behind the mic? You know what I mean? It's gotta be about everybody getting the opportunity to share. Yeah. Um, so I've done, I've done it several different ways and um, I love all of it. It just depends on the venue, but a collective of musician is, is uh, my favorite thing in the world is jam and being free yeah. and letting, and that'll happen at a live show too. Even if it's like a scheduled set, like mm -hmm. freestyle will come in and then you just got to let things go, go, yeah. go where they need to go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you brought up Dave Matthews band and go into their show. What's been your favorite concert you've been to? 
Alabama Shakes, Okay. and Mac. Okay. Sorry, you broke up there. I heard Alabama, I heard Alabama Shakes, and you broke up a little bit. Okay. Alabama Shakes, LCD Sound System, Fleetwood Mac. Okay. Nice. Wait, was that in LA? I take it. Yeah, all of them I saw in Los Angeles. Nice. Actually, I'm really mad because I went to a festival down in Florida. Uh, I think it was in 2018. And Alabama Shakes was there performing on the undercard. And I didn't know who they were. And I just didn't go to the show. Oh. <laughs> and then I, everybody was like, you didn't go see them play? Like, they're going to be headlining this thing next year. And you didn't go see them on the side stage? And I'm like, I didn't know who they were. I'm sorry. You know? And It's like the blues times a million yeah. like her voice Brittany I forget her last name is Brittany she's a she's a instrument yeah her mouth when she sings is like this big and it's so much soul and then all of her players like these are all like southern like blues rock players these guys are so good I, I couldn't honestly I couldn't believe it and they're another record that's good so that's why I went. But when I saw them live, I was like, this is literally like a life-changing show. Yeah. This has changed my life. Like this is this is what it was like to see, I don't know, Zeppelin back in the day. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, I can't, I mean, you can't, you know, put anything against Zeppelin. Okay. Never yeah, one. Right. Best band ever. But it had that feeling where I'm standing in front of like legendary players. Like yeah. I am listening to legendary musicians right now. That's yeah. how good they were. I've definitely been in that situation. Um, I'd say the best thing I got to see was uh, Billy Strings back when he's a, like a psych bluegrass, psychedelic bluegrass player is the best way I can mm -hmm. describe it. Um, I saw him back when he was just starting to make some noise. And now he was just on Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel, like a couple weeks ago. Oh, no. yeah and he did like a he did like a red rocks uh live stream or something uh back like last year during the pandemic sometime the red rocks did a a virtual live stream and he was the act that played for them so it was just kind of like how many years ago was it did you say uh this was back in 20 this was also in 2017 so okay same yeah i i missed out or i didn't miss out i got to see that show that show was just because it was a bluegrass festival and he was up there playing and it was getting towards the end of the night and the vibe was just right. The moon was not completely full, but it was full over on the beach in the Florida Keys and the mood was just right. The wind had calmed down and he was like, you know what? I met this kid. He's the best flat picker I've ever seen and brought up this little kid and it was just like, what the? And, and by the by the end of his set, he had half of the other bands up on stage with him, just jamming, like playing some random song. And I was just like, "Man, this is crazy!" Like, so yeah, I I completely get it. You know, um, like this is going to be a big time thing. Yeah, and mm -hmm. look, look, he he he's really making noise now. So Billy Strings, Billy Strings. Yeah, Billy Strings. All right. Um, 
he he just released an album so i'm sure he'll once touring starts happening he'll be back out going at it again but um so outside of music you got a lot of other things going on you do the painting you got your own uh, business in the beauty sector but when it comes down to you just kind of escaping what are some of your hobbies just when you have you time what what does that look like art okay painting uh beach nature hanging with friends outside it's beautiful you know drinks yeah. good food, you know what got, what got you into painting um i've been painting since i was a kid i've been drawing i've just i was an art major and i'm a makeup artist professionally so okay. that kind of came from the painting yeah. but for me this is very meditative from beginning to end you know I can complete something totally on my own from beginning to end. I put on music, I have tea or have wine. I mean, it can be very just, it's so not lonely. Mm -hmm. It's like, and that's how it feels too when you play, when you write a song or when you jam and play music. But for me, music is more of a collaborative environment where mm -hmm. painting is completely solo for me. Yeah. What Art is- as I said, when you're painting, you uh, said you usually turn on some music. What are you listening to while you're painting? I've been listening to Coldplay and painting since I was like 14. Okay. It's some, so Coldplay, uh, Chopin. Okay. Um, I like tech, I like house music. So uh -huh. I, I guess it'd be Tube and Burger, some DJs. Um, but then I'll go to, yeah, so like, Tubenberger, that kind of house music, and then um, classical, I like classical, and then Coldplay. Something about Coldplay and painting, I think because I've been doing it for so long mm -hmm. that it puts me right in the zone of paint. It reminds me of painting when I was 14, 15 and doing work projects for school. Mm -hmm. And it was like the time in my life where, you know, you're becoming a teenager and you're like, you're learning who you are. Okay. Oh, Sarah McLaughlin too. I can paint to Sarah McLaughlin. Okay. Is, is there a specific type that you just can't paint to? Like if you're listening to a random playlist on Spotify? Yeah, probably, probably the music that I work out to. Okay. Like the dead weather who I love. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I don't think I would ever paint to dead weather, but I would work out and box to dead weather. Okay. Um, also, uh, what's his name? Um, Nick Waterhouse. I paint to Nick Waterhouse a lot. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's like, he's like a 1950s, like, I guess you call it jazz. Oh, like the, like a crooner type? Yeah, a crooner. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Waterhouse. And his record's so good. I've painted to his, I did a whole series on his record. Like I have like 15 paintings just listening to his specific album. Do you find that uh, while you're painting, like if you're listening to different types of music, you get a different style of painting or you, you get what i'm asking yes it okay. impacts you completely differently oh. it would probably be interesting to jam out to some uh dead weather and see what i paint i have a feeling it would be i would need a very large canvas mm -hmm. like and i'd have to be in a studio or outside because i would just probably want to throw a lot of paint if i gotcha. was doing weather because it's so active mm -hmm. yeah. you know 
do you, are you usually doing more abstract painting or do you like well, what kind of style are you usually yeah i mean i used to paint a lot of faces i'll probably get back into portraiture here very soon mm -hmm. but typically yeah i'm i'm abstract expressionist and i use a lot of uh, medium like a lot of medium gels and multimedia uh, i use spray paint acrylic i just started working with oil too like right. i um all abstract it, it's emotional intuitive art basically Awesome, awesome. So as we kind of start walking towards the end of the podcast here, you brought up that you like watching movies. Yes. What is one of your favorite movies that you've been watching recently? Oh, recently? Of all yes. time. Uh, I just finally, I, I can't believe it took me so long to watch it, but I watched Jojo Rabbit. I had never seen it. I, how did you like it? Because I'm, I was... When it first came out, I was at the store. I was going to buy it. Mm -hmm. But all they had was like the 4K. I'm going to charge you $50 for the 4K, to, you know, like the insanely expensive one. It's like, I'm not paying that. And I couldn't find just like the regular DVD or Blu-ray. And so I never ended up buying it. But how did you like it? How do you like it? I absolutely loved it. Okay. It was, you know, I'm half Armenian. So mm -hmm. my bloodline we had the armenian genocide in the early mm -hmm. 1900s from the ottoman empire right so the, there is like a watching these movies that depict the nazi germany and you know that lesson of the boy having the hate and then the girl being in the attic and their evolution of camaraderie as the war ends mm -hmm. was so um i just got chills all over my body the dancing scene at the very end when they, their humanity is there, you yeah. know? That's healing when you have two opposing sides and they can come together and be celebrate together that, that the hatred is over. Yeah. So for me, I, I loved it. And I like it when they take really dark content. Yeah. I like when filmmakers take really dark content and they get louder <laughs> and a heavy storyline, and but they make it comedic and enjoyable to watch. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, that, I think that's what, I think that's what drew me to the film originally, just like the, the levity that they brought to it. And it's just like, you're taking a dark, dark subject and inserting some humor into it. Yes. And lessons and healing yeah. and versus watching the pianist with Adrian Brody. And I just cried the entire time, <laughs> like yeah. very different movies, same content. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. But before we um, wrap this up, what I like to do on Live and Amplified is we like to pass on knowledge to younger okay. musicians. Okay. So I'm going to just keep this very open-ended so it kind of gives you room to run in whatever direction you want to run. But for a young musician that is getting ready to either make that next step or make that first step into the music industry, what's some advice you would give to them as they are getting ready to go on this crazy journey we call the music business. Wow, I mean this, and this goes with all creative pursuits in yeah. general, but especially this, I think you always know what you want to create. Take advice from those that you look up to and discard the rest. Everyone's gonna have an opinion mm. and you can't really listen to that. 
some like from your mentors, sure. But even you can't listen to everything they're going to say. There's a, there's a, there's this thing called ignore everybody. There's mm-hmm. a book about it, about creativity. You have to be very discerning about who you're listening to mm-hmm. and know that you're the one that decided to make this music. You're the one that decided to put yourself out there. You know what you want to create and you have to do that. And as long as you're creating what you love to make, mm-hmm. you will be satisfied. But the second you get influenced to create things that are not in alignment with why you decided to make music in the beginning, you're going to be unhappy and dissatisfied. It should always be about you and the music. It's not about what the listeners want. It's not about what anybody wants but you because you're the artist. You're the maker. You're the one. So I think that that goes in so many industries, but especially in music. Like stick true to who you are and make sure that you don't, where what other people are telling you who you are you can be exactly who you are absolutely absolutely but i want to thank you so much for giving us the time to sit down and chat uh if people want to check out your music if they want to check out everything you got going on well where's the best place for them to do that best place is spotify for the song uncertain times sma e-s-e-m-a-e uncertain times you can follow me there and then also on social media, my most active social media account would be Instagram. Okay. SMA music. So it's SMA, E-S-E-M-A-E underscore music. That's where you can find me everywhere. Why do you think Instagram is the social media you are most active on? Because I think it's the easiest. You know, I can't get into the TikTok. I don't have Twitter anymore, mm-hmm. um, which I don't even know who's on there anymore. Uh, Facebook, I'm, you know, I don't really... That's just more personal. Yeah. Instagram is just easier. Have you tried Clubhouse yet? I am on Clubhouse, yeah. but I I have I'm too busy to go on Clubhouse. Yeah. <laughs> so although it, it is what everybody's raving about Clubhouse, but yeah. I, I'm on there, but I don't really have I haven't had time to really get in there. Yeah, I gotcha. You know, it's one of mm-hmm. those things where it's like I'm trying to get into the clubhouse thing but i'm so skeptical are these people actually putting out worthwhile content for me to consume and for me to get involved in you know because it's like sometimes i'm worried it's like a little bit of a time suck like if i sit there and i'm in a room and they're going for 45 minutes hour and a half you know like i was in a room on saturday they went for six and a half hours and i'm like no i don't know I don't have that time, yeah. but I don't judge those who do yeah. because there, a lot of industries stop. So I think, I do think a lot of the makers, which is yeah. a song that I should be, will be recording soon, are busy making. Yeah. And the people who make money off of the makers are in clubhouse right now, getting things connected. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But kind of how I do once again, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. I really appreciate it. It's been a great conversation. When you get ready to release your next batch of music, feel free to reach out. We'd love to have you back on. Um, so once again, thank you so much. Uh, thank you everybody for tuning in and we will catch you guys later. All right. Thank you. We are good.